Welcome to the Radiant Visalia podcast. This summer, until August 18th, we'll be worshiping all together in one service at 10 a.m. Download the Church Center app or visit our website, radiantvisalia.com, to stay connected with us. All right, enjoy. Lord, thank you that, um, that your word empowers us, your spirit empowers us, that we don't have to be guided by the ways of this world, the ways of fear and control, but we can be guided as sons and daughters with confidence in what you've said in the Bible, what you're saying to us now. I pray, God, that yeah, just in this time that you'd be speaking to everyone out there, even to me. Amen. Oh, good morning. This is uh, where the big boys preach. I'm just a little guy in the loft, so take it easy on me. Um, so my life verse is Romans 8.15. Uh, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, this verse has been somewhat of an anchor for me. It has uh, reminded me constantly what voices I should be listening to. Uh, I don't hear voices, but there's thoughts, those voices that want to guide us. And um, I have a lot of things, a lot of thoughts that would want to influence me to go the way of the world. Uh, But luckily, this verse reminds us that we have another spirit that we've received. And so there's... um, two options in the verse. There's a, a spirit that puts you uh, as a slave under fear. And I think that's a perfect uh, metaphor, analogy, describing what fear is like. And then the flip side of that is that you have a spirit of adoption and you're crying, Abba, Father. So you're either enslaved or you're crying out to Father in this uh, verse. Essentially, it's just a contrast between someone who's a slave of fear and somebody who knows they're a child of God. And it's this verse that is an anchor for me. Um, So fear, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my story with fear because I have it. Uh, But I am being led into victory over it. I'm getting stronger, and one day, I don't know when, but I might not have it at all anymore, but I don't know if that's possible on this side of eternity. We will always have and sense fear, but fear is, it's a a master spirit. It's a slave, enslaving spirit. It drives you. It's like if you think about the children of um, Israel when they're in Egypt, they were driven around by slave masters and they would whip them into shape telling them to build 
And that, that's what fear is. It's, it's oppressive. It's, uh, it controls you. It takes away your freedom. Um, you actually cannot experience full life when you are driven by fear. Your decisions are made by fear. You want to, you become like fear when you're enslaved by it. You want to control things. You can't really love people. You can, you can only, your version of love is controlling people. And sometimes it's very subtle because controlling people sometimes looks like love. You can make it look like love. I don't really have a good example, but I think you might understand that. When you're resisting fear, because that, that's when you're in agreement with fear, is you're, you're becoming like it. So you're wanting to control, you're wanting to protect. There's threatening voices saying that bad things are happening, you're going to get punished, people are going to get punished. Um, it's this threatening voice that says, you better get back in line, you better do what I'm telling you to do. So you become like that, you start controlling all your decisions are based off of what's safe, what's comfortable. And when you're resisting fear, uh, it, it is still threatening. It wants you to shrink back. It wants, it's going to terrorize you. It's going to paralyze you. Um, It's going, to want, it's going to keep you from walking out into your destiny. The reason why you're made, it wants to stop that. It doesn't want you to walk in to the things that you were created for. It wants you to be not like Jesus. It's a cruel master. It's, there's no fun when you're living in fear. Uh, life is really gray, not exciting. That's why depression and anxiety, they run together. When you're always afraid, life is no fun. You have no excitement for adventure. You have just no hope. It's just, how could I protect myself every day? How can I survive? And then there's another option in the verse. Uh, the spirit of adoption and so what is the spirit of adoption? Jesus, uh, his last night with his disciples, he, um, he's teaching them about, well, first he's telling them that he's going to die, he's going to leave, and they're freaked out. So that here comes fear. Fear starts talking to them, you know, they start getting a little panicky. And Jesus is right there in the middle of that teaching about um, something very essential, someone very essential. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's talking about the Spirit, His Spirit that He's going to send. It's going to help them. It's going to be a helper. It's going to guide them into all truth. It's going to teach them. Um, but in the middle of it, He says something very interesting. Uh, in like the same breath as He's talking about the Holy Spirit, He kind of says, breaks in and says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so, when the Spirit comes, 
It's not just a teacher, just a helper, just a guide. It, uh, it transforms us. It changes our identity. It turns us into children of God. And uh, in that place, when we're, when we're not agreeing with fear and we're agreeing with the spirit of adoption, His spirit, there's a communication that happens between... Uh, so, so Romans 8.15, the very next verse, it says that that spirit bears witness with our spirit. Uh, it communicates to us. It lets us know, hey, you're, you're a child of God. You don't, you're not of this world. You're with me. And in that communication, in that relationship, there's an intimacy that you can experience that's, that's far beyond any intimacy that you can experience on this earth. Because that spirit is inside of you. It's, it's thinking your thoughts with you. It's, it's in the journey with you. And, and when you're aware of that presence, it's unbelievable how close you feel to God. There's no human that you can get that close to. Nobody can go inside of you. Um, don't try that. It's, can't do it. So in the place of intimacy, we find uh, just shame is dispelled. Fear is dispelled. It, um, you can bring all of yourself to that place, even the parts that you don't like, and and things just disappear. Things fall off you. Fears fall off of you. You're encouraged. You gain confidence. There's a confidence that comes when you know that you're somebody's. And so you have, oh yes, this is very important. Holy Spirit, um, also it empowers you and it causes you to become like Christ. It is the only thing, sorry, it's the only thing that will cause you to be formed in the image of Christ. Life's pressures and Holy Spirit's driving inside of you will lead you to a place where you look like Jesus. You will look like a son of God. You'll look like a daughter of God. And the, without the Holy Spirit, you, you won't ever get there, ever. You won't ever get rid of fear. Well, unless you do something else. Um, and when I say something else, I mean something that's destructive, that's an alternative, a counterfeit. So there's two options. And what will we choose? Will we choose a spirit of fear that's given to us by the world or his spirit? We always have to choose. I always have to choose. I still have fear. I still sometimes will have a panic attack. But I'll have to choose who's talking to me, who, who's my shepherd, who's leading me. Who am I going to choose? Even Jesus had to choose. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood. He was full of anxiety, panic. He had a panic attack in the garden. He wanted to 
It, he, he wanted to kind of almost opt out of the cross. He's like, uh, I'm not sure about this right now. Fear is hitting me. And what's interesting is that, you know, Romans 8.15 says, we have the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. Well, when Jesus was full of fear, or he was being pressured by all that, he cried out, Abba, Father, take this cup from me. But not what I want, what you want. Fear tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross. Um, it wanted him to go the way of the world, but he didn't. And it is his spirit that now empowers us. Now we can go the way of the cross and not the way of the world, which fear would have you go. Um, and now I want to tell you just a little bit about my story. Uh, his spirit has strengthened me. I've had encounters with his spirit. I have a collection of good ones that remind me that he's present. Uh, before I share with you that, um, I just want to say I wasn't raised as a Christian. I didn't go to church. Um, when I was in high school, I was typical party animal. Uh, I drank a lot, played a lot of music, and smoked. And uh, I think at the end of my senior year, towards the end of it somewhere, I, I remember one day I had this eerie sense that I was really alone. I remember it was daytime, and I was looking at these leaves, and it was like, I went bye-bye, like my friends were all around me. And it's just this real eerie, like, you're alone. And it was, I started to get really panicky. And that's, that's when I started having panic attacks uh, when I was 18 years old. And I, um, I would just have, all, all of a sudden, that sense of aloneness and I was lost. It was just, it started making me so afraid. And so my drinking kind of got more constant. Uh, that's what I do to, to distract myself. I just didn't want, I didn't want this fearful aloneness. I just wanted to go back to reality where I was having a good time with my friends. And so I would drink more and I would, um, have a lot of parties and always like my, my goal was to hang out with people and drink. It was like, let's do this every weekend, maybe on some weeknights when I don't have work. And that, that was to distract my mind away from the idea that I was very alone, very afraid, didn't know what to do. Just, oh, just ignore that. Put that somewhere else. Let's just, let's just keep doing this thing where I'm drinking and I'm having fun with people. That's what life's all about. And... Uh, I, I also found security, because when you're afraid, it's, it's a lot of insecurity. I had no security. I felt like I was on shifting sand all the time. But what I did find security in was my relationship with my girlfriend at the time. That was very comfortable to me. It was a place where I can encounter intimacy, you know, kind of a counterfeit intimacy. I was using that to 
get rid of fear, to maybe give me a purpose, give me an identity. So I found my identity in my relationship. And I also found my identity in, in the band I was in at the time. I was playing a lot of music. I loved it. And I was the lead singer. That's where I found my identity, my security, my comfort. And um, when I met the Lord, it was at a time when those things were crumbling. Uh, my band wasn't. My band was doing really good, but my relationships were. And I just realized my life was just spinning out of control, and I needed Jesus. So I gave my, my life to him. And um, when I met him, uh, I quit my band. I left everything. And and all my desires just flipped. Everything in my life flipped upside down, and, and this fear thing just went away. It went away for some time, and I was really excited. I was like, dang, this Jesus thing is real. I was reading the Bible every day. I was reading the red letters, just thinking, this guy's so smart. You know, I was so excited about him. And I think I started to set sail uh, away from the world and into the kingdom on my little journey, and uh, it, it isn't until, when you read the Gospels, it's not till the, the middle of the lake that you experience the storm. It's not like, you're not experiencing the storm when you're about to set sail. You're not going to experience the storm when you're landing on the shore on the other side. It's in the middle of the lake, and in the middle of the lake, the disciples are panicking. The storm hit. Jesus was sleeping. They wake him up and say, hey, don't you care about us and so I found myself in that spot in like uh, a few years ago right at the end of 2012 2013 I've been away I've been a Christian for some years now I started putting some distance um, between me and the world that I came from and all that the sudden that eerie sense of being alone came back like you're where are you right now what are you doing you set sail so long ago. How, you don't even know how to get back. You can't go back. You're not even, you haven't even arrived yet. And you're just sailing blindly into the sunset. And I started going, oh no, I am alone. And you might be at that place where you've left things behind and you're here now and you haven't fully arrived yet at the place you know, in the kingdom, or you haven't felt like you've arrived yet. So I was at that place, and uh, I was just about to enter into a, a discipleship school, Tim and June's discipleship school, and that was 2013, and that year was so tough. A lot of walls were coming down. Um, a lot of things that I found security in were being ripped apart, because God doesn't want us to find security in anything else but him. And he'll have you if you let him. <laughs> I was letting him, and it was, it was hard. I started getting hit with more anxiety. I, I started experiencing things in my sleep that were evil. I mean, I had evil presence of fear in my room tormenting me. I, have, I can go into details about that, but that might scare some of you, so I'm not going to. I had fear chasing me. It was on my back. It was telling me that one day my sin and my past life is going to catch up and kill me, destroy me, ruin this thing that I'm doing, this Christian walk. It's going to 
pull out the rug from underneath me. I'm going to fall, be ashamed. If I wasn't going to die, I was going to be ashamed, look like an idiot for following Jesus and be lonely forever. I mean, these were real threats. These threats were like driving me. Each day I'd wake up having these fearful, threatening voices in my heart, my mind, just telling me that these things are going to happen. And every morning I would wake up knowing, ah, today is the day I'm going to be threatened by fear. I don't know if I'll have a panic attack today. That's all I was thinking about. And so life got gray. I'd brush my teeth in the morning, just look in the mirror like this is the most meaningful life, meaningless life. And uh, it was terrible. And when I was in, in this school, we were working at a conference in New Orleans, and I was having one of the worst days. I was just at a place where I was still just so full of anxiety. I just said to myself, I think I need to check myself into a mental hospital. And it was kind of like out of uh, anger. You know, I'm going to check myself in a mental hospital. This is stupid. Like, I'm so afraid all the time. But I was starting to believe it. And I just started getting really hard-hearted, really angry. Just, I wanted to, like, you know, throw a temper tantrum. I was so angry. And that's when that spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit, came to me. And he spoke to me. And he said, he said, are you going to, are you, is your heart going to get harder or are you going to get softer? And I just, I don't know. Like, I started to think about it a lot. God was not even, didn't even seem worried about my fear. He seemed worried about something else. And I was like, why are, how are you not worried about my fear? My, my cries were, hey, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And his cries were, Danny, who are you going to become? So it clicked. I, uh, I kind of stopped worrying about circumstances and trying to control what would happen and try to play it safe. I, and I really started concentrating on God's work in me. Like, okay, I can't control my circumstances. I can't control what's going to happen, what's not going to happen, but I can control which spirit I'm going to choose, who I'm going to become. Am I going to become a fearful person lost in the world, or am I going to become a child of God? And then when I started taking this route, I started having intimate moments with the Lord uh, in prayer, and I just, I begin to enter that place where fear would leave, love would come in, and I'd feel him growing me on the inside, strengthening me. You're going to be strong. You're going to be courageous. You are courageous. I mean, I was hearing the Holy Spirit say the opposite thing that the spirit of fear was telling me. And I'm just now starting to believe these things. Maybe this is real. Maybe I am courageous and not fearful and a coward. Maybe I am. And when, I'm, when you start to believe and you start to walk and do what the Bible says, the Bible starts making more sense. 
I used to read Romans 5, 3 through 5, not understanding, but now I get it. It says, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. I'm like, duh. Why couldn't I get that before? Now there is hope. There's hope in who I'm becoming. I can't control circumstances, but there's hope in the Spirit of God that's living inside of me, transforming me into the image of His Son. It's two options. You can go the way of the world, or you can, you can go the way of the cross. And you cannot go the way of the cross unless the Spirit's leading you. You cannot learn to overcome fears unless the Spirit is leading you. You cannot become a child of God unless the Spirit is in you. And so, I don't always feel His presence. There's been times where I've cried out in fear, take this away, Dad, take this away, Dad. You know, I'd cry, Abba, Father, take it away. And it wouldn't leave so in faith, I would have to press on. Having said that, there are a lot of times that I have felt his presence. It's very real. The atmosphere will change around you. You begin, to, the, like the temperature changes in you. You feel alive. You feel loved. And I think um, I'm going to close with, with that. And at the end of the service, after David speaks, we're going to pray for people. And so if you've struggle with fear and you want prayer and you want maybe to experience his presence, I want to pray for you. People want to pray for you. So um, thank you for listening to me. Thanks for listening. We want to be a resource for you as you walk with Jesus. So please connect with us at radiantvicelia.com. Until next time. Bye.